It is a trivia episode, which means TJ's laughing. I'm groaning. This is You Killed It. I'm John Chidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the podcast, talking about the challenge. Like I that said, off top, it's a it's a trivia episode. Always love the trivia episodes, although it, they do make me despair for humanity uh, because of <laughs> how dumb these cast members are. Yes, uh, episode two thirty seven of the You Killed It podcast, recapping episode eleven of the challenge, Rider Dies, and yeah, it's a trivia episode of the season, which. Is not only TJ's favorite episode, but a favorite episode of us here on the You Killed It pod. And yeah, I mean, this was really pathetic. It was a really pathetic showing in the uh, trivia world, I'll say. Because this wasn't like normally trivia, you'll get some geography, you'll get some like other random just like historical facts. This was just like basic pop culture stuff that you would think that maybe – We'll get there. We'll get there. Maybe, we'll get but there. I'll, I'll say this off the top. Maybe just because, you know, the contenders are younger or skew younger now, right? Like they're a lot younger. No, I'm I'm trying to shoot them some bail here and give maybe some reasons as to why. I don't know. But yeah, not not a good showing. We'll say that much. We'll say that much. Comments, um, though. Comments. I know you got comments. I do have a comment. Uh, Greg Holcomb, friend of the show. Mm-hmm. has a deep dive speaking of pop culture he says puss in boots isn't the first time the challenge did a movie tie-in on that scale okay way back on extreme challenge in 2001 chris klein and ll cool j met the teams for a rollerball related mission the competition took place on the movie set supervised and trained by the film stunt coordinator doing things that were based on what would be taking place in the movie itself. Road Rules won the competition, and the director was so impressed by Team MVP Christian that he gave him an uncredited role in the film. <laughs> the episode concluded with a shot of Christian months later on set in full wardrobe and makeup. That is an incredibly deep dive. Yeah, that is a solid... Like, I wonder if my guy just happened to be like re-watching that season or if this is just like knowledge off the top of his head either way that's incredible i think greg has that incredible knowledge okay okay i think i think he just knows it in his heart i think he is well above average in terms of his understanding of uh or or his knowledge of challenge trivia i've never seen extreme challenge from 2001 I think I feel like I've seen I feel like I saw it when it came out. Like I feel like I would sometimes catch it on like Saturday morning TV. Okay, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I seem to remember Road Rules was on like Saturday afternoons sometimes. See, your memory's way better at that stuff than mine. I don't remember at all. Like what literally the, at all. What was the first season of the challenge that you recall watching? Oh, I don't. I mean, my dude, my brain is so filled with complete mush of like sports, just random knowledge that you shouldn't really know or care about that 
when you're asking me stuff about like 2001, I, I got nothing, man. It's I mean, too much. There's too much like packed into my brain that shouldn't be there. Sheldon, my advice is don't put anything in your brain. Just keep it blank. That's it's my fair. policy. It's fair. That's fair. Um, last week on the pod, I in one of our random, uh, I guess, sidebars, I asked, do people watch this show with their significant other and comment on the attractiveness of the people on the show? Got a message from longtime listener Jade who says, to answer your question from the pod, I do watch the challenge with my husband, and we definitely talk about who we find attractive on the cast. He's well aware that I have a crush on Devin. Yeah, Devin got a lot of love from that. I'm scrolling back uh, because we had another comment about Devin. But mm-hmm. Devin got a lot of love. And like I, I'm going to put this out here. As much as I love Devin, yeah. I don't think he's the most attractive man in the house. Oh, okay. I, I mean, just purely physically. Like, if we're just talking about, like, raw physical presence. Mm-hmm. For me, I think Horacio, for example, is more attractive. You know, okay. I could Fessy's not my type, but, like, I can see the appeal. You know, like, I know that, like, he would do it for some people. Uh, sorry, I was going to say, Stevel says in, uh, he got into it as well. He says, to answer your question, my wife and her wife refuse to watch this show with me. They think they lose IQ points if I am watching it near them. But then he added that as a bi man, he has to say that Devin is his main eye candy. And again, I think for me, Devin's personality is like what makes him attractive. Like, I think he's above average in looks but like his personality bridges that gap like, okay i just think that there's like i don't know better specimens among the men yeah i just got to say this season though like the dynamic especially where we are right now in this season when you're going from like amber mariah narice i'm just like oh my like i yeah i have to catch myself at certain points i'm like oh okay cool right and and like yep. You know, of course, we talk about the show being equal opportunity. Like, they've added in Chauncey. Fessy's become a bigger part of the show. Nelly T keeps coming back with different hairstyles each and every year. If that's your swag, cool, right? Bananas doing it for the OGs. Like, I I get where they're coming from here, right? And, like, Nani, Nani's still holding it down. Season's strong, right? So... You it know is what? A, a very beautiful cast. Someone recently referred to Chauncey online. I, I'm sorry if it was someone that added me and I forgot, but someone recently called Chauncey Michael C. Jordan. And since then, I can't not see it. That's pretty good. And that's pretty good. So I think I think that's my final answer. Among the men, I think Chauncey is the most attractive. As much as he is mayonnaise spread on toast when it comes to his personality, um, <laughs> I think that he is a very attractive man. Among the women, though, it's tough. It's just it's a super attractive cast. It's it as is. you said, it's distracting, and I mm-hmm. got distracted in this episode a couple times where I was like, mm-hmm. "Damn, Mariah," and I'd be like, "Damn, Maurice," "Damn, Tori," like. 
Even I can't lie. Movie. There's there's been a lot of times where all of a sudden Mariah pops up, and in my head just pops up Mia Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that every single time Mariah's on screen, I hear that ODB lyric. Yeah. And then I don't know if you saw this, but on the Joe Budden podcast, he had this like background info. Oh yeah, about, we talked about this on the pod. Yeah. About ODB's lyrics. Yeah, we did he, this whole thing on this pod before. Did we? How did I? I'm pretty positive. Like that for some reason, this came up. It might have been during one of the uh, All Star seasons where they're playing music, right? And that led to the whole thing because I think we were talking about ODB, and then I looked it up and I read the whole story, That's or maybe right. told people to read the story. I that recently came back into into my timeline like the video of joe budden reading it out and it's, it's hilarious. one of the best things ever um, oh, joe, oh joe budden and speaking of podcast love we got a message from vicky vicky london on youtube and of course if you're listening to this pod wherever you're listening to this pod blesses with the like blesses with the subscribe all that fun stuff uh vicky says absolutely love your podcast for the challenge keep it up please five stars if i could figure out how to do that on youtube merry christmas to you both um, well that's so nice merry I, christmas I mean, to you too. and yeah, happy monica no, to those celebrating yeah there's no stars but just the like we'll take the like i'll, I'll settle for the like you know i see there's hearts now too on youtube i didn't know that was a thing but Cool. I just noticed that now. I don't know if that's new or not, but all right. Appreciate I also that. have. I I also have to say for our YouTube viewers, Sheldon and I logged on to this call and we were wearing identical shirts once again. This time, totally by accident. But then we both agreed that we were too cold to not put on hoodies. Correct. It's so it's a I, little. It's winter here. It is. It is most definitely winter here, and there's allegedly a storm coming to hit Toronto as we speak. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that at all. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, you know what people were not a fan of? Casey is sad that Kenny has seemingly been eliminated. I say that because of the twist that he is, I guess, chilling in a hotel until she gets eliminated. Did you know that Kenny is Casey's younger brother? She she didn't mention it last episode, and I'm glad she reminded us, because otherwise I would have forgotten. I would just like to say way too much Kenny talk and way too <laughs> much Casey talk. Like Casey has done literally nothing this whole season. Well, I mean, she did a lot in this episode, which we'll get to. Um, but like way too much kenny talk there's no need to to still double down and go back to what kenny has not done on this season because i mean whatever like yeah anyways let's get to some like real business here narice and nelly t we get the setup of where this episode is going as they both kind of feel it like they're ride or die pair is at the bottom of the totem pole so to speak right they both feel as if both sides you know, Nelly didn't feel like he was part of the conversation last week. And Narice feels as she might be at the bottom of her line of her team as well. Um, but Nelson brings up the fact that Anissa and Tori are the snakes. I wonder what about Fessy? But then we, we realize later on Fessy's kind of role in all of this, right? Because you got Fessy and Bananas. They're also talking about Narice and how she should be worried. 
most of these conversations just play the role of setup because I feel like there's a lot of filler in this episode. Yeah, where it could have just went a lot faster. This episode could have been an hour long, and it would have been good. So let's let's get to the trivia because like, well, does anything happen that matters in the beginning there? Do you? There's something I wanted to talk about with Nelson, and that is. I'm just going to dunk on Nellie T for a second here. Oh, but it shows how one dimensional he sees the world, right? Like he's thinking like, Oh, we're on the same team now. So we are on the same team and he's trying to work with his teammates, but the show is still ride or die. And everyone else is just focused on protecting themselves and protecting their ride or dies. He's trying to have his team win when there should be two things that are obvious to him. First of all, he's not in the loop because Tori and therefore Anissa are very angry with Nerys. And like, we don't have to like get into the right or wrong or wise. We'll have an opportunity later in this episode, but they are like, that's the fact of the matter. They are not happy with Jordan and Nerys. And that supersedes the game. And even if it doesn't, everyone else is playing across team lines, right? Like Jordan and, yeah. or excuse me, uh, Bananas and Mariah are obviously in league. Bananas and Nani, Casey and Nani. Like these are people on opposite teams that are still working together. Um, Devin and Tori are still going to be working in tandem. Like it's still like it's on Nelly for not understanding that the game hasn't actually changed that much. And also, I mean, maybe we have an advantage because we're aware of this twist and that their uh, rider dies aren't actually being sent home. But, like, I think it's obvious that the final's going to still be run in pairs, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, this team situation is just temporary, and you should be making your decisions based on the idea that it's temporary. And Nelson's not doing that. Nelson, like, God bless him, he's trying his best, like, He's, I think, acting with integrity. He's just like misunderstanding how things are. Like, people are, it might not seem fair to him, but people are behaving in predictable ways. He just doesn't have the brain power to predict it, right? Like, he's just yeah. like not understanding what's happening around him. Yeah, his awareness level, like, if this was Madden, his awareness level is super low because. Even if you go to the end of the episode, like he's talking to Devin of all people about how where he feels his place is, which is got to be like one of the worst people for you to talk to in terms of strategy, especially when you're complaining about Tori and Anissa and who's Tori's partner, right? So like none of what Nelson does makes sense, even though his instincts are correct, mm-hmm. right? His instincts and his reasoning is correct, but hey. On the flip side, Nelly T doing some uh, some trivia here and doing some work, and let, let's dive into this, right? Because I wanna I wanna give some time here, and uh, yes, I was being facetious with doing some work. I saw your face, I saw your face. I was being facetious because a lot of these questions are super easy, right? But let's get to this. It's called spin class, and each team is on a massive, massive wheel. They seem to be at at some theme park of some sort, but mm-hmm. um, each team. You're, uh, you're like strapped to a massive wheel. The wheel spins. When the wheel stops, whichever player it stops on, you get asked a trivia question. If you get the question right, cool. You get a point. Five points, you win. If you get a question wrong, the wheel spins for an additional 30 seconds to make the rest of your team dizzy. Um, 
one thing I'll give them credit for is clearly the wheel wasn't spinning that fast because, I mean, clearly it's a liability. But I do enjoy the fact that they sped it up in editing to make it look a little crazier than it probably actually was. See, you say give them credit. I actually have in my notes that I thought it was lame that TJ says, like, oh, these go really fast. And then they had to speed it up because they're going so slow. <laughs> I was trying to give them some credit. I, I'm looking out for the my production team here, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm giving my production team some credit, okay? Because I understand what they're doing. They're probably watching the edit, and they're like, this looks really slow, and this doesn't look like anything at all. Let's speed it up and just make it look better. Who cares? Mm -hmm. I'm with them. I'm with them. Um, so this, too, goes back to what we were talking about from last week, where we discussed the fact that they were obviously going to come back this week, with a challenge that wasn't uh, geared towards, you know, Fessy's strength, Fessy's team's strength, right? The brains versus brawn. And if last week was all about brawn and strength and pushing people off the platform and sort of the wrestling match, this one was going to be about brains. And I use that term loosely because let's go through some of these questions. And I know well, this first on. one. I'm sorry, before we even get into that, even like off the hop, as they're doing their like psych up straight to cameras conversations, there's a few indications that this is going to go badly. For example, Narice talks about how, you know, she's good at trivia and, you know, they've got the brains, even though the other team might have the bronze. It's like bronze. Bronze Bron is still the. Uh, the plural, like it's not bronze, it's not the metal. And then Nelly says Brexifix instead of breakfast. Like off to a rough start when you guys aren't even pronouncing words correctly. Like this is not an inspiring uh, performance by anyone. And like off the, like just immediately, Amber and Chauncey fucking embarrass themselves. Where well, I know you're super salty because I'm assuming that you were super upset right off the bat as Amber's first question is basically about uh, who is C who is C-3PO's robot ride or die. Yeah. And, and okay. I need to know. Put me in the position of watching this scene with you as this happens. I mean – you mean like what my reaction was like play by yeah. play? Yep. As soon as she takes a pause, this is, I've got to be clear. This isn't even the answer that makes me the most upset. There but, were a lot to choose from here. But I mean, like as this is happening, I'm taking notes and I'm thinking to myself, should I write down every answer? Should I just keep track of the ones I don't know the answer to? Like what's the best way to express this for podcast purposes? And then she gets stumped by c3po and r2d2 and goes is that like a cartoon or something and then she says i've never watched star wars they're too long first of all <laughs> some of the more recent ones are longer but like the original <laughs> trilogy like i think the longest one is maybe an hour 45 like they are shorter than most <laughs> of today's movies <laughs> They're at Disney World. Like, Star Wars is so omnipresent. And I know earlier on you were, like, saying, like, oh, maybe they're too young. C-3PO and R2-D2, they're in every Star Wars movies. Right? Like, it is so hard to not know who they are. Okay. 
No, I, I, mean, I listen. It's be worse because then Chauncey mm-hmm. is asked who the two famous tennis playing Williams sisters from Compton are. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's get the question correct. Okay. What's the last name of superstar tennis sisters who hail from Compton? <laughs> and I'm going to say something here. I'm going to interrupt you here because okay. I'm going to interrupt you here because there's something I feel the need to say here. As a black person, I am going to say that it is completely and utterly disrespectful and also completely insane that you do not know who the Williams sisters are. As anyone in pop culture, even if I remove that element out of it and not make this a race thing, even though this is a race thing, I'm going to say, even if you remove that element out of it, as difficult as that is for me to do, tennis sisters, even if you just said athlete sisters <laughs> right like i don't understand that especially when you add in the events of the past year with will smith at the oscars which i'm sure everybody like how difficult could it possibly hold on the u.s open serena's like last event like so much has happened over the last year to bring like even more awareness that even if you didn't know who Serena Williams was before this year, which I find impossible and should be impossible for a black person. I'm going to be very honest with you. But if you don't know who Serena Williams was the last year, when you add in, you know, all the hoopla surrounding her final U S open, all the hoopla surrounding Will Smith slapping the shit out of Chris rock at the Oscars when, and then winning an Oscar for playing the Williams sisters, dad, like, I don't understand how it's possible that you're Chauncey. That's not an age thing. I'm going to be honest with you. That's just a stupidity thing. It Like, it doesn't make any sense to me because it's not even like he got nervous. And he was like, oh, I know this one. I know this one. My guy had no clue. Then when given the opportunity, his excuse was, I don't know any sisters from Compton. I'm from Boston. What? <laughs> just shockingly stupid. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm glad sorry. You we got to change him to Michael Z. Jordan, okay? <laughs> I'm glad you brought up the race thing because I don't think I should be the one to do that. But you're right. Like, <laughs> they are arguably the two in the top five most famous African Americans in the world, right? Like, it'd be like them, Will Smith, Beyonce, Barack. and Jay Z. Yeah, Barack. Like it's a short, they are on the short list for sure. And to your point, even if you're not a tennis fan, they get name checked in rap songs. They've been in Beyonce's music videos. Like, how do you miss this? And it it just leaves me with one question between Amber, not knowing who R2D2 is and Chauncey, not knowing who the Williams sisters are. And I want to be clear. I think it's worse not knowing who Serena and Venus are. Like, I think that's the the bigger miss. What the fuck do those two talk about? Like, what are the, how do they spend their time? What are their conversations like? Like, I don't think you can be a sports, like, I'm not even saying sports fan, but you can't have any idea about sports at all and not know who the Williams sisters are. It's such, it's such a big miss. Like, it's just stunning, really. I, yeah, I don't know. I'd say, again, I don't even think it's the worst 
wrong answer that we hear in this one, but this is off to a really bad start. Well, the, the other part that I really don't get about this is, okay, so you have to eliminate that you don't know anything about sports. Mm-hmm. You don't really know anything about sports culture or black culture because I would say Serena transcends that even because she's not even just one of the biggest like female athletes. She's just one of the biggest athletes, period, in the world. I just don't understand how it's possible for you to not know that. That's insanity. And you're right. I thought that would be the worst. But we keep going, and you know, Horatio doesn't know uh, Bonnie and Clyde. He's Which never is, heard I, of it. I he's, guess that he's a young. Bit. He's young, right? Yeah, that's one of the age ones. Would you agree with that? Yeah, that's an age one. Like that's from, like I know there have been songs named Bonnie and Clyde, but like that's that's more history, and like the youth are in, into history as much as we were. I think like that one, I almost understand. Uh, so bananas gets Thelma and Louise. Nani misses on uh, the Frozen sisters, which I mean, Anna I and Elsa. But we know because Casey says it; they've watched that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, how do you not know the two main characters of a movie you've watched when your fiance is sort of like jogging your memory and like saying it's Frozen? I wish we'd rewatch this before we came here. Like, yeah. Well. Um, I thought it was kind of lame. Like some of the questions are way too easy. Like Romeo and Juliet, like, come on like that. Like, I mean, I thought it was pretty terrible that Tori doesn't know who like wrote Goodwill hunting. Cause like they, the set the phrasing of the question, she got that as Ben Affleck. Like, how do you not know that Matt Damon is Ben Affleck's best friend? Like they've been in the pop culture, world for 25 years almost always as a duo yeah and then we get to what i think is the biggest miss (laughs) i got shout out to mariah for spelling animosity correctly what about no shout out for nelly to for knowing who mary kate and ashley holson are no because i felt creepy that i I didn't feel i didn't feel good that he knew that 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 made me feel that made me feel bad okay What I think is going to leave worst, that one alone. <laughs> the worst wrong answer by far is that Casey doesn't know who Adam and Eve are. So like, that is foundational to civilization. I'm not <laughs> saying that you have to like believe in the Bible. I'm just saying that that's like that is beyond common sense. Like that is a, a fairy tale myth. A creation story, however you want to view it, that is central to all three of the major, uh, like Judeo-Christian religions. Like Fessy says, like I'm not even Christian. And I know this. Adam and Eve are also in the Quran. Like this is like it's in Judaism. It's in Islam. It's in Christianity. Like how do you not know Adam and Eve? Like that's really. I, I mean, it blows my mind. Yeah, that's a real tough one, right? Like, even if you just didn't understand, like, I, I, I really don't understand how that was possible. And it was so bad, in fact, that while it was happening and they were doing the tease to break, I was like, come on, guys. Like, normally you guys are a bit better with your teases to break. 
in terms of trying to trick me into them not getting this answer. It's not possible that she couldn't know the answer to this. Like, what I are mean, we doing here? And it comes back and I'm like, really? We're, we have to like replay this bit for her to be like, oh yeah, it's Adam and Eve. And then she didn't know. I mean, we were talking like we were just dunking on Amber and Chauncey for not knowing about R2-D2 and C-3PO and Serena and Venus Williams. Those references are like 40 and 25 years old at the oldest, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's when we first started hearing about Serena and Venus. People have been telling the story of Adam and Eve for millennia. <laughs> for literally thousands of years. It's pretty good. Well, like that is such like, put it this way. What is a, more common story to know than the story of Adam and Eve. Honestly, like the second most, the second easiest question asked was probably the Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Right. But yeah, it was, it was insane, but I have something big here that I want to talk about okay. to wrap this up because this all came down to the very end. You know, you had uh Fessy's team take, get out to an early lead then you had Mariah's team make a comeback and it was tied and we end up in round 10 and basically the next correct answer wins. And your man's Devin gets asked a question about which hip hop super team collaborated to make up the song empire state of mind. And anyone who listens to this pod, or you could be watching this video right now. And again, a reminder, if you are click the like button, but if you are watching this video right now, you notice that there is a man over my shoulder. His name is Sean Carter, might be also known as Jay-Z. And so I want to say off the front end that I am removing my bias out of this, right? Because I feel like, come on, this is a pretty easy question. Who made the song Empire State of Mind? Okay, so I'm removing my bias and my love for Jay-Z out of this. I'm being very serious when I say this. I think that Devin threw this and got this wrong on purpose. Oh. Because I think that if you are of a certain age, you definitely know who made this song. This song, if you, again, if you are outside when this song came out, you could go anywhere in the world and that song was being played. And you know that is not Rihanna. No. Everybody knows it's not Rihanna. Devin, I think, is throwing this. And the reason I think Devin is throwing this because he wanted to make sure that he could help Tori and Anissa get Narice up out of here. I think this was all part of their plan to get Narice out of here because we know, and especially how the rest of this episode plays out, we know how salty Tori is about having Narice in the house and how mad she is about this. And now Devin has an opportunity to make his team win and if he makes his team win, let's think about it. Who's probably most likely to be getting thrown into the elimination if it's the other team scenario? Could probably be Tori. Tori is not a fan favorite of anyone. So, Devin, shoot first. Yeah, let's take Narisa out. He knows that even if it goes to the next week, the following week, the other team's already proven they're not going after Devin or Jordan. They've already proven that last week. So yeah. he's feeling a little bit of a sense of comfort here. I refuse to believe that Devin, 
who was of age and who was outside when, when, when Empire State of Mind came out. I refuse to believe that Devin doesn't know that that's Jay-Z and Alicia Keys and not Jay-Z and Rihanna. That is my theory. I think he threw it, and I think he proves that he threw it because at the very end of this episode, magically there's a confessional that pops up when Tori throws Narice in. Do you remember this? Direct vote. Devin's confessional pops up and he says, oh, Narice is a direct vote. Hmm, why do we think that is? I think it's because she bleeped Jordan. Close yeah. quote. Devin was in on this whole thing the whole time, and I think that he threw this challenge on purpose, pretending to not know the difference between Alicia Keys and Rihanna. I refuse to believe that. You could talk me into... I'm trying to think who else on this show right now you could talk me into not knowing the difference between Alicia Keys and and Rihanna. Devin, nah, not falling for that one. Yeah. I... You know what? I can't argue otherwise. And also Devin's smart. Like Devin, to me, would have been one of the more likely ones to do well at this. Um, I have some more details, though. And then I have I want to talk about bananas. But first, Adi Pintoff, our foreign correspondent, has some musical information for us. First of all, uh, when they are getting ready for the daily, it's mm -hmm. Depeche Mode's People Are People. Okay. And then when we get to the, um, when they're like, when they spin, it's turned down for what by a little John, which is, I think, a great choice. Um, Durrell, a, a big, uh, we love Durrell, a favorite of the show. He says, this has to be the easiest trivia challenge questions ever, except for Anissa's last name, which yeah. I will allow is the only one I did not get correct. But I have to point something out. A lot of our listeners have been teasing me, have been saying, John, you're wearing a tinfoil hat. You're a conspiracy theorist. There's no way that mm -hmm. Johnny Bananas is getting help from production. Let me ask you a question, Sheldon. Mm -hmm. Is a math question trivia? <laughs> no. No. And this is very exciting. I had someone reach out to me who has background information Ooh. on the challenge. Ooh, I like that. Who has insight into production on the show. They asked to remain anonymous. You know, I like that. But what they told me was that on the season of Rivals, mm -hmm. where Bananas and Sarah were working together, okay. when he infamously turned his back on her and took the money and run, Apparently, Sarah has maintained that Johnny was getting information about what each competition was going to be, what each challenge was going to be in advance, and that it helped her and Bananas get to the final and win. That production was feeding him that information because they knew that like, that was like the main storyline of that season. And they knew that it had to build up. Can I say that tracks? Because obviously if you know that you broker this deal, and I feel like this has been brought up before where it's like, if you're able to broker a deal with him that he's going to take the money, you're getting the huge payoff at the end of the season. 
So that makes sense that as a production team that we've seen do some things before that are very interesting, we'll say, mm-hmm. right? That's not afraid to take control of the the uh, storylines, we'll say. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense that they know that, okay, we'll feed you said information. And if you get to the end, though, you have to promise that you're going to steal the money. It'll be the biggest storyline ever, blah, 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 blah. And that all became true. That's the thing that people talk about the most, that if he already wasn't the challenge goat or you know the biggest name on the challenge, that definitely propelled him to another level. Totally with you. Yep. And I mean, even if we didn't get this background information, like I said, math isn't trivia. And also it's very easy to just like, Tell him, hey, 18. Yeah. Right. Whatever the, like, I don't remember what the question was or what the answer was, but I'm saying, like, it's very easy to just slip someone a note and be like, 27. Yeah. Yep. Or, like, even be subtle about it. You know, I have 118 reasons why you better get this one right. You know? Mm. So you guys can call me crazy, but I don't think so. Speaking of paranoia, Nelson. I think you just tried to say all that though to like throw to just throw us off the scent of your boy Devin just throwing this. I no, I but, agree with you. I you made a compelling case that Devin threw that, and like I didn't think that at first. I when he got it wrong, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna hear about this from Sheldon. But I like your version of events better, where he purposely did badly. That, that <laughs> is better for me. I see how you flipped this. Okay, fair enough. Well played, well played. Speaking of Devin, Nelson is sitting with him at the bar and he's complaining to Devin about how much he hates his team. And I just, I loved this scene for a bunch of reasons. First of all, we've already talked about how Nelson has it wrong. But I also thought... I just love that Nelson in his, he's clearly drunk, but in his desperation, he's talking to Devin who should be the last person he speaks to. (laughs) Like Devin is like, I just love that Nelson never learns his lessons. And also I love that Devin clearly doesn't give a fuck. Like he is too busy looking down his straw into his drink. Like he's so checked out of this conversation. Yeah. It made no sense. And Nelly, poor Nelly. And as Devin said, you know, classic Nelly just imploding. And it's it's all true. Nelson, on some level, I feel sorry for Nelson because he's just looking for a friend at this point. He's just looking for someone to confide in, someone to listen to him. Poor guy, you know. Um, what I am over completely is Tori trying to pretend that she doesn't want Narice out because of what happened with Jordan. Yeah. I'm not saying that she shouldn't feel the way that she feels. All I'm saying is own it. Stand on it. Don't pretend. Everyone would understand. If she just came out and said, you know what? I feel super uncomfortable with Narice around because of what happened. Because that's my man. That's my ex. Blah, blah, blah. I want her out of here. I'd understand. I wouldn't even shade her for it. But because she's trying to sneak this and like tiptoe around as if, no, no, no. I don't care. It's not a big deal. And then cast judgment on homegirl saying, well, I wouldn't do this if I wouldn't do this to another woman. 
Like, get out of here. What are we talking about right now? You're on a reality show, right? Like, what are you talking about? I think I think Tori's problem is that she sort of knows that she doesn't have a leg to stand on because, you know, mm-hmm. they've been broken up for more than a year. She, you know, famously sort of had her fling with uh, Fessel. And, like, I think something that's, like, hard and also part of growing up is that we all have these conflicting emotions and like feelings don't have to be sensical but we feel like we have to justify them so she's bar thank you so she's caught in this she knows that she doesn't have a leg to stand on but she still feels the way she feels Mm -hmm. and like she's not at a place in her life yet where she can say like yeah what i'm feeling contradicts what i've done right yeah. And like, that is a hard thing to admit, but it's also fair and real. Like, I totally understand why she is not enjoying seeing this. Like, I think that's a totally reasonable feeling. And like, I wouldn't want to be in her shoes either. I think it'd be very painful to watch your former fiance move on. And I also think, I mean, she has this conversation with Norris where she says, you know, like, honestly, I wish you the best of luck. It's just, Jordan shouldn't have said all those things that he said to me earlier in the season. And that she's right on. Yep. Like, I think she's absolutely right. Like if Jordan's ready to move on, that's cool. But she, he shouldn't have had her in his bed, right? Like he shouldn't have told her he loves her. Like he should have gone about things differently or he should have more empathy and be like, yeah. Or, or he should say to her like, yeah, when I saw you, all these feelings bubbled up. But the more time I spend with you, the more I am reminded why we're not together, right? Like, it's a complex situation, and I understand why she feels the way she feels. All facts. Yeah. What did you think of Norris approaching her about this, though? Um, yeah, I thought it was f- totally fine. Like, I, I think, like, it's good to clear the air and kind of, like you know, just open the line of communication so that there's some level of understanding. And if I feel like if you, if you're Norris and you feel a certain way about it, or you feel like it's a conversation that should be had or needs to be had, I have no issues with that going to Tori and saying, Hey, for my role in this, for how awkward it's become, like, you know, I apologize. And I thought that was something that she didn't need to do, but if that, if she feels like it is then cool. My one worry, and I and I, I'm curious about the timeline here, is I wonder if this happened like as they showed it, meaning just before the opportunity of them putting her in, sending her directly into the elimination. Like I wonder if that's the actual timeline that it happened, or if it was a conversation that just happened at some other random point, but they just showed it to us now. Because to me, that matters, right? Yeah. It, if it's literally right before they're about to make a decision to put her in directly into the elimination or not, that to me lessens the sincerity that Norris is coming into the conversation with. Yep. If this was a conversation that happened before, cool. It comes off as more sincere, but we don't know that. I do feel like Tori is the kind where if it was right before the possible elimination vote, I feel like Tori would have said in confessional, oh, I see how it is. Norris is just trying to like heal things up to stay out of elimination. Like, I feel like we would have gotten that and we didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I do wonder if there was some sort of escalation. I don't want to make it sound like Jordan and Norris had sex in the house, but like, well, that's what Devin said. I mean, that's what Devin said. And like, maybe Devin was exaggerating. All I'm saying is like, I wonder if there was some sort of turning point between oh Jordan God. and Norris where Norris was like, Ugh, like things are getting more real. I should do the respectful thing. Like, I just wonder what the, the impetus was to have that conversation now well, it's presented as now rather than earlier. Yeah. I mean, I do, I do find that part interesting for sure in terms of how that went down. I thought it would have made for a better moment in the deliberation, but the deliberation was pretty weak, to be honest. I thought the biggest part of that was the full-on breakdown from Nelson, where he says, listen, you guys can put... First off, I like that Nelson addressed his team straight up and just said, hey, guys, I thought it was a little messed up that we all pretended like we didn't know and I didn't know what we were doing until it actually happened. And Tori acknowledges that they did that purposely. Well, she acknowledged that to us, the viewer. Nelson doesn't know that, but I give Nelson credit for bringing that up in front of everyone, right? Yeah. We, we diss Nelson a lot, but I think he handled a lot of this. Well, same goes for Fessy. Cause Nelson says, makes a good point. You guys can decide to throw down whoever you want, but I think that we should make it based on what the elimination is. So you guys just want to straight throw in Norris, but if the elimination is a puzzle, I think you should have another backup plan because then she should be coming, like she's going to be the favorite to win that. So that should blow up your plan. But really what he's trying to do is he's trying to get them to acknowledge, oh, you guys just want to put Norris in no matter what. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a good play. And Fessy agrees and says, if we're talking about weakening the other team, wait a second, why didn't we put in Jordan and Devin last week? Mm -hmm. Which is a great point by Fessy. <laughs> and I would give him even more credit if he didn't fall for this last week. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Like, it's so obvious. And, and again, I'm shouting out Nelson again because um, Tori says, well, you know, that could be true. And he's like, what do you mean that could be true? That's 100% facts. Yeah. <laughs> like, they could. That's what they should have done last week. But, you know, as Nelson and Fessy are pointing out, we saved your ride or dies last year and played your agendas last week and pretended that it was for gameplay reasons. And then now we're trying to say the same thing, but taking out their strongest woman. That makes no sense. But we'll see how this all plays out. Yeah, we'll see how it all plays out. But like, I don't, it was just interesting that part of what's going on is that, first of all, we've said it ad nauseum. Nelson should have gotten rid of Fessel much earlier. Like, with friends like him, you don't need enemies. Hmm. Second of all, it's just like Nelson, as much as I put him down, I think is generally a nice person. Mm hmm. And he's, it makes him a bit of a pushover. Like, he basically just gets bullied in this scene by Johnny Bananas, who's just louder than him. Like, Johnny isn't necessarily making more sense. He's just louder and, like, has a dismissive tone. Well, Nelson is right. Yeah, Nelson's right. And Nelson's also, again, Nelson's trying to make this team work. And no one else is. Because yeah. they have all figured out, oh, we're not going to be in these teams forever. Exactly. 
Exactly. So we get to the eliminate. Well, there's a conversation that happens with Mariah. We'll we'll get to it. Yeah. Because Narice gets thrown automatically into the elimination, right? Yeah. That leaves obviously Mariah, Amber, and who's the third person? Who am I forgetting here? Amber, Mariah, Nani. and Nani. Sorry. Mariah has had a com basically how this all shakes down is that. Both girls have a deal with Nani. So Nani essentially was never going in. Because if Nani pulled the safe dagger, obviously she's not going in. But if Amber or Mariah pulled the safe dagger, they both made promises that they would save Nani. <laughs> so Nani was cool in this whole thing. Which to me brings up why I find Amber so annoying. Oh, Amber really annoyed me through this, like the final third of this episode. Because she's so mad at, she's like, oh, I thought I had a way closer relationship with Mariah. And it's like, but if you're saying that you would have picked Nani as well, how are you then mad at Mariah for doing exactly what you just said you would have done too? And also, missing, again, a very important fact. Who is Mariah romantically involved with in the house? Johnny Bananas. Who is Johnny Bananas ride or diet with? Nani. Who is Mariah's ride or die? Fessy. Who does not like Amber. Like there's <laughs> right there, there's so many reasons why she's gonna pick Nani. Also, just in general, Nani is sort of untouchable because she is arguably the most popular connected person in the house. Yeah. All yeah. the veterans like her, but like Casey and Johnny Bananas, who are both very competent players, as boring as Casey is, would go to the fucking mattresses for Nani. Uh -huh. Like they're not like she essentially has two rider dies. Yeah. Right. And like when Kenny was in the house, that's her future brother-in-law. <laughs> like she I'm not going to say she's untouchable, but like. <laughs> you go after Nani, you're going to have a lot of people coming after you. Like it's, it was the right choice for so many reasons by Mariah. Like I'm not mad at it at all. Yeah. And also, I, I, I also, don't like Amber that too, but. but I also just think this is part of Amber's thing that she does all the time where it's, I'll pretend to be close with everybody so that when I get thrown in by someone, I can then turn around and be like, wait, I thought we were friends. We talked for like 10 minutes in the house. I thought we were friends. And that's her game every single season to friend yep. up everybody. And then when someone, when she gets put in like, oh, but wait, John, I thought we were best friends. I thought we were cool. I thought we had a good relationship. I never did anything to you. It's like, well, you can't really pretend to be friends with everybody in the house because everyone's going to see through it. I've also, I got to point out, why would you want to be friends with Amber? She doesn't watch Star Wars and she's not familiar, apparently, with the Williams sisters. <laughs> well played. <laughs> well played. So the elimination, it's a good old fashioned pole wrestle. It just is a little different where there's a bunch of handles on the ball. And I got to be honest, as soon as I saw this, I felt bad for Narice because I don't know if Amber is necessarily just stronger than Narice. But I think this is one of those eliminations where it's what I like to always say, perfect about the challenge. Because you see it and you think that it's just about strength, but it's way more about strategy as well. And yeah. body positioning and using your leverage and who's the lowest person and all that stuff more than just straight 
strength. And so for that reason, I thought because Amber would have, even if she hadn't done pole wrestle before, which I'm not sure she has, she would have seen it. Yeah. So she would be familiar with it and how you go about it. And so, I mean, she won. I don't want to say she won easily, but I felt like, you know, as soon as she won the first go around where Norris had a chance to win, she just couldn't finish off the job. You know, it was kind of a wrap. You kind of knew it was a wrap. And I what? will say this, my line of the episode came up in the middle of this. Sure. It was your man's Chauncey. Cause <laughs> there's one point where Amber has her arms behind her back, holding on to this while Norris for some reason, can't pull it away, but this is where we're talking about the angles and all that. And Amber is kind of stretched in an unorthodox position. And Chauncey says in his confessional, oh, yeah, I've seen that pretzel before. <laughs> Awkward pause. Then says, in the bed. And it's like, okay, my dude. <laughs> like, we got it. <laughs> like With the first line, we understood what you were saying, my dude. You didn't have to add in, in the bed. Like, we, we get it, Tips. We get it. Still my line of the episode, though, because it just shows the weird-ass relationship between Chauncey and Amber. And as I will jump on this, the Michael Z. Jordan vibes, for sure. Um, I have to point something out because it intrigued me. At one point, Jordan set, like leans over to Nelson and says quietly, Norris has to twist. She has to like twist the the pole away mm-hmm. why isn't jordan just shouting that directly i think he's just trying to show some respect to tory i don't think he wants to like be outwardly like you know adamantly yelling and cheering for narice uh now he wants to be respectful of tory oh hold on there's a little bit of a difference between like them you know on a couch or like in the bed where like you don't know what is going to be in the episode or what's not going to be in the episode. You can assume, yeah, of course, chances are they're probably most likely going to show you making out with Norris. Cool, and I get that. But this is a different scenario, right? Like I, I kind of understand what he was doing here. I'm not saying that he went about it the right way, but I'm saying I understand in his mind he's like, okay, well, I, I don't want to be like outwardly yelling and cheering and trying to help Norris here. I get that. I think I don't want to speak for Tori here, but I feel confident in saying that she would have been happier if Jordan had cheered for Norris and helped her out instead of making out with her and possibly having sex with her in the house. Like if that's, if that's a trade on the table, I think Tori would have preferred the other. Uh, my line of the episode mm-hmm. is you know, Norris loses, she's on her way out, and Jordan says, Norris is heading back to LA, which is weird because I live in LA. <laughs> and here's the thing, Jordan. A lot of people live in Los Angeles. Like it's not a crazy coincidence. It's not like he's saying, you know, like, oh, she lives in uphill Ontario. I live in uphill Ontario. Like, it's Los Angeles. There's nearly 4 million people in the city proper. Like, it's not that. And, like, you're both in the entertainment industry. Like, this is not actually that shocking a turn of events. Okay. I'm (laughs) I'm not mad at Jordan at all. I get what he was doing there. I mean, I do, too. He's giving you a stay tuned. 
Um, and then we've got Amber <laughs> leaning into her codependence saying, where's my man? Because she has been away from Chauncey for whole minutes. And she, you know, needs to not talk about important pop culture references with him. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> Just terrible. Who killed it for you this week, Sheldon? It's a tough one. It's a, it's a tough MVP week. <laughs> I mean, it is a very tough MVP week, but I'm going to give it to Nellie T. Oh, I'm going to say that Nellie T did a really good job in the trivia, which normally he does not do a good job in any of the daily challenges. And he did a good job without Norris for once, which we have yet to see in a bunch of different seasons. So I'm going to give my man Nellie T here. He killed it in this episode. And I also think that minus the Devin sort of meltdown. I like the fact that he's standing up for himself and realizing like, listen, what are we doing here on this team? Like we're either going one way or the other. And even if we're going the other way, at least at let, at least let's be honest about it. And I appreciate that from Nelly T. Yep. Um, and obviously I don't want to give Amber any credit. That's fair. I am going to give an LVP. Oh, to- sorry. Sorry. I have a better reason too. Sure. My overall number one reason for giving Nelson the MVP of the episode and saying that he killed it is because he brought Narice into oh. our challenge lives. That's and true. for that, Nelson, you definitely killed it. And I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm giving an LVP to all of them because that showing on trivia was pathetic. <laughs> I would be fucking embarrassed, not just to have gotten a question wrong like that, but like, I wouldn't even want to be on that wheel and know that like, as a group, they are dumb and ignorant. Like there's at like, that was such a pathetic showing mm-hmm. basically across the board that i mean i would i haven't had a lot of time to go through like all of their tweets but i hope every one of them is apologizing to us i mean like stevel made a joke about how like when he watches it with his wife you know or she doesn't watch with him because you know she says that it kills brain cells it lowers iqs mm-hmm she has a good case with this episode. Like we are all dumber having watched that trivia. That was so bad. Correct. So LVPs across the board. Um, Totally fair. Where can the good people find you on social media? Well, you can find me on Twitter at shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Again, like, and subscribe, follow along, rate us, review us, all that fun stuff. Wherever you see this pod right now, if you're still listening to our the sweet sounds of our sultry voices, bless us with the like. Costs you nothing. Super easy. That's how you support the movement, the pod that is the You Killed It podcast. And I just want to say thank you to all our listeners. Really appreciate you guys and gals and everybody listening. And when we see messages, put a smile on my face. And we read them all. We see them all. Appreciate that. Where can the people find you? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JD Chidley Hill. If you're celebrating, have a Merry Christmas. If you are Jewish, have a Happy Hanukkah. Enjoy yourself, whatever your religion or beliefs may be. Have a Happy Holidays. And until next week, this is You Killed It. You 
Kill, dude.